Super Talk Mississippi media production. William Carey University Athletics. Every sport you find inside me. Crusader Talk. Crusader Talk. This is Crusader Talk. Crusader Talk. We're covering everything William Carey University Athletics. From the field to the court and the diamond. On Super Talk Hattiesburg 97.3 and supertalkhattiesburg.com. I'm going to go ahead and tell everybody out there, strap in. Because we've got (laughs) not only a lot to cover, we've got a lot of scenarios we're going to get to today as we have a fully loaded Crusader Talk here for you on this Monday. Glad to have you with us. Caleb Hamill, Josh West, and Will Tony behind the board making us... uh, Making this ship run, I'd say, is how we describe. Give me the keys. How Let me drive it. this thing. Caleb, you are genuinely as excited as I have ever seen you he, for he, a Crusader talk. He's giddy. He's kind of gone into professor mode. He has. Man, I, I can pull off a professor look. Give me a corduroy you know, jacket and you know, <laughs> you know, maybe some more you know, dark rims around my glasses instead yeah. of these clear frames. I've got a little too contemporary you know, with my style right now. But nevertheless, if, I'm excited just because. We've got a lot of fun wins to talk about as far as William Carey. We've got a conference uh, championship in both men's and women's uh, indoor track and field. You've got a softball team that went a perfect 5-0 and this weekend. And how about our two basketball teams that also each went 2-0? and But if you look back at the schedule, it was a pretty impressive 2-0, and especially for the men's side of things. And with that, we welcome in head coach of the men's basketball program for William Carey, Coach Steve Knight. Coach, a huge win on Thursday night over previously unbeaten in the SSAC, UT Southern. I'll put a hurting on them as far as the final score and really had a great game plan. Oh, I appreciate that, Caleb. Glad to be with you all tonight. Yeah, we we executed our game plan uh, and we're on point majority of the night. And, you know, the, the – Rolling in with an undefeated record in the conference, and um, we're the only team that's ever done that in the history of the SSAC. So, if anybody needed to knock them out of the situation of going undefeated, I thought it should be us. And so, we really prepared well, and you know, they they just uh, their team is very disciplined and don't really hurt themselves and. Uh, so we threw a, we threw a bunch of traps at them. Uh, not only our half court trap, which we run just about every game, but uh, we were trapping every ball screen, trying to get the hands uh, the ball out of the hands of their point guard, and who's such a good distributor of the basketball. And um, it just sort of threw them for a loop, and they were just out of sync all first half. Shot twenty five percent, I think. Uh, if we hadn't. Uh, throwing it around so much ourselves with 12 turnovers the first half, you know, I think we'd have had a 15-point lead at halftime or more. So um, guys just had, you know, special energy. They really did. They played hard. And um, I think we, we certainly d- deserve the W. No question about that one. And I was really impressed with the way Kerry began that ball game because you look out of the gate, Kerry's up 10-2 on this team that has been so highly touted coming into Clinton Gym that night. And your Crusaders really rode that wave you know, all the way through that first half. And when you look up in the second half, you also have a 10-point lead at some point in that one as well. And I, I agree with you wholeheartedly that – 
really keeping their point guard, Adarion Hudson, out of his rhythm, out of his ability to pass the ball around, find those open shooters. Uh, you guys did a really good job of defending against this UT Southern team. Granted, Hudson ends up with 25 points of his own, 10 of which came from the free throw line. So that's you know him being aggressive and getting foul calls. But one of the biggest headlines in that ball game was the fact that we had a collective 10 technical fouls uh, called between the two teams. Six on UT Southern, four on William Carey. I know you and I got to touch on that post-game that night, but that's a pretty stark stark stat to point out in a basketball game that honestly kind of helped the final score look the way it did, I would say. Yeah, uh, some of those happened late when we were trying to hold on to the lead and, and uh, if we go to the free throw line and we they foul us and then and then get a technical foul, then uh, we're shooting four free throws instead of two. And we were able to cash in and shot a pretty pretty good percentage from the free throw line late. And, you know, the the Hudson kid, he's he, we knew he was going to get some points. What we did want him to do was get his points and also distribute it around to – some of the other guys who really count on him to uh, get them the ball in open spots. And if you, if you look at that, uh, some of their shooters just had very poor nights. And I think it was because uh, we did a really good job of closing out on them. But, but also they, some of them didn't shoot the ball as much as they normally do. So, uh, you know, kudos to our guys for executing the game plan and, you know, 10 technical fouls. I've never been involved in a game before uh, with that many tees. I think the officials just got there toward the end of the game and just said, hey, if a player opens their mouth, they're getting a tee. And, uh, you know, the coach got tossed with about a minute and a half to go, and that certainly didn't help them. And particular, in particular, the fact that coach has to sit the next game and uh, they go down to Loyola and get beat. Um, he, he's not there, and number eleven who got tossed, he's not there. And of course, we had uh, Dylan Dylan Brumfield who couldn't play for us Saturday. So uh, I think it ended up the way it turned out. It really hurt them. Um, it, it, you know, there's an old saying: some people don't know how to lose. And I think that uh, that was certainly the situation with them. And okay, how do you learn how to lose? Well. <laughs> No one likes to lose, but you go through it a few times. Well, they've never gone through it in conference play, and I don't think they ever expected to go on this road trip and lose both games. But, um, you know, I'm sure Loyola played well. I haven't looked at anything but the score, and um, so I have to give them credit, too. Always a tough place to play down at Loyola. The, the um, You know, we, we've been talking about uh, Tennessee Southern – I always like I try to call them Martin Methodist because that's <laughs> who they were, right? Um, you know, Tennessee Southern is is a team that that uh, just has been beating people by the largest margin in in our conference. But when you look at them, uh, you think, well, how how do they do that? Um, because I just don't think their talent level is that much greater than anyone else. They've got a bunch of good players and one really good point guard. Um, but it's just the fact that they don't make mistakes. And and they get the ball to the players on the right spots. And we were, for, we were able to force them into some mistakes, and we were keeping their kids 
off their spots, and I think that was the biggest difference in the game. Coach Knight, this is Josh. Uh, congratulations on the win. Look forward to you, being back with you tomorrow night over in Tuscaloosa. Excited about that one. But, you know, we've kind of been feeling this thing building. And, you know, when I think about what has happened now over the last two games with Kerry, coupled with what has happened with UT Southern, a lot of times in particular, uh, I want to get a thought on UT Southern and Kerry from you with this question. When things get exposed on film, so now teams are going to look at those two films of the Loyola game and the Kerry game and try to come up and, and, and form a game plan and try to kind of find some weaknesses in UT Southern. So some things have been learned about UT Southern. There have also been some things that have been learned about William Kerry. What right. do we know now about both teams coming out of this weekend? First, what do we know more about UT Southern now? What do we know more about Kerry now after this weekend? Well, I think the, the thing with UT Southern is, is just what I mentioned before. Um, you just can't let them settle in and run their their uh, half court man to man offense. Um, they, they're just too good at it. I mean, and, and they're smart kids. You have to kind of speed them up uh, in in half court, not not really full court, but in half court. You have to speed them up and get them in situations where they're having to create shots. Uh, not necessarily within their offense and their patterns because they run really good sets. And that, that was that was the whole thought process that we had is, hey, if they beat us, they're going to have to do it just creating after coming out, out of a trap situation. And, um, you know, when teams aren't used to playing that way, then sometimes they, they have issues with it. So, um you know, as far as as far as us, I think that um, you know all year long people have been trying to take Dylan out of the game, and and I just think it's a situation where I think teams will um, think really hard about switching uh, one through five um, because if he if we're ball screen and he gets matched up on a big, on a five man, then he's got a huge advantage, and and so they they did some of that, and then they also hard hedged and held on uh, to that hedge a little bit longer. Well, what that did was open it up for our shooters, our post players, who can pick and pop, and you know you've seen us play. You've got Gross out there, and you've got a meal. And you've got Caden and Zandon at the fours and fours and fives, and all of them can shoot to three, but they also can put it on the floor and, and create for some other folks. So um, I think that teams may look at uh, even trapping us, trying to get the ball out of out of Dylan's hands. I think that's something we have to be ready for. So I'd love to see them try that one, Coach. Well, next up is Stillman, a chance for your team to possibly get in position to get the second seed in the conference. Look forward to seeing what the Crusaders put out there on the floor, and we'll catch you next time, Coach. Okay. Appreciate y'all. Thank you. Listening to Crusader Talk on Super Talk Hattiesburg 97.3 and supertalkhattiesburg.com. Always good to visit with Coach Knight here on the program. Might I get to get a double dose, and you do too, Josh, of visiting with him pregame and postgame whenever we're out doing some of the basketball games play-by-play-wise. 
And one point that he has brought up to my attention numerous times in our conversations this year is just how much parity there is in this league, in the SSAC. And that's you know, the kind of thing that lends itself to William Carey getting that win against UT Southern. He said multiple times, we are the only team in this conference running a half-court trap. And it's I compare it to a triple option in football. Sure, it's like trying to play you know, Georgia Tech or you know uh, whichever military school it is that likes to run the triple option. Uh, it is very hard to turn your attention to learn how to defend against that and get ready for a ball game. And finally, it broke through against UT Southern after they had already beaten Kerry by 19 at their home court earlier this year. And to me, kudos to a job well done for Coach Knight. But the reason I bring up that parity is because as soon as Kerry gets that done, Blue Mountain, just two days later, overcomes a 26-point deficit and forces overtime against the Crusaders. There is not a team in this league, at least in the top 10 or 11, that cannot beat another team in that same bracket on a given day. Let me stop you there. It's Hall of Famer Coach Knight. That's right. Okay. Um, so now, if I had used that in his moniker earlier, we would have been pushed off the break. We would have. Yeah, we would have. Um, but parity is right because in this league, it's hard to find a team who can't beat any other team on any given night. It's almost like betting on baseball. It's the dumbest thing you can do. <laughs> but that's what makes this league so fun. Is is this going to be a three bid league? In, on the men's side like it is looking like it's going to be on the women's side because again and I and, and you're going to talk a lot of numbers in the next segment but from everything I've been told you can see looking at the over there. well look at looking at the three conference metric and I don't even know who comprises those three regional conferences and I know that coach English says we're number three in that mm-hmm. scenario so that obviously tells me that all three of the top teams are all in the Southern States Athletic Conference. Loyola, Mobile, Cary right. are at the top of this three-conference coalition, so to speak, and it's going to be an expanded, to my knowledge, 64-team bracket in the women's tournament. So mm-hmm. the point being is that uh, it's a two-team league automatically, and William Carey's sitting there at the moment looking like a team that's going to get an at-large bid, winners of 12 in a row, 13 out of 14. I'm losing track. It could be 13 in a row, 14 out of 15, the way they're tallying these things up. But is that going to be – is it going to be a three-bid league on the men's side? It's going to be tough because, you know, right now if you want to look at what's your best metric as far as what you can, you know, download or see online is the current top 25, which is old as of Wednesday, uh, where UT Southern was ranked seventh and now they've – you know, taking two losses, one to carry, one to Loyola. Uh, but only UT Southern at number seven and Mobile at number 19, and nobody else in the conference is receiving votes. I don't believe in the grand scheme of NAIA basketball that the SSAC is considered a very strong league, and that's where I get nervous as it relates to what is the potential number that the SSAC will send. I know they're guaranteed two. We've been told that. It's the UT Southern Firehawks, because they clinched the regular season this weekend, because Stillman lost to life. Not because they won a game this week, but because finally the gap between first and second was large enough. Uh, but that said, it can't be said with certainty. And that's why I think each of these teams that are left at the top, uh, Mobile, Stillman, Carey, are all fighting right now for that second bid. 
I think Mobile has a good chance to get that second at large or get an at large bid. Uh, should they not finish uh, in the top in, two? in the top two uh, of the conference? If let's say for instance UT Southern doesn't make it to the championship game, then you're actually taking a winner take all to go to the national tournament. Um, if Mobile doesn't win it, I think they possibly make it in. Otherwise, it to me would be up to Stillman, Carey, or whichever team gets hot in that conference tournament uh, that is battling to try to win it or match it with UT Southern in the final. Whichever way you draw it up, I, I don't take anything for granted as far as the possibility of getting an at-large bet. I don't think it's a strong case. So what I'm hearing is that the bad losses this year hurt Carey more than the good wins are helping Carey. I would say so. I mean, when you look at how hot and cold this team was early on, you lose to Florida Memorial, granted, one of the first five games of the season there, and then Louisiana Christian, that's another one that's a head-scratcher. Uh, once you get further down and you look at some of the losses, such as Stillman, you lost to UT Southern in the regular season, Dalton State, you know, those are understandable within your conference. But from the outside looking in – could you say they should be one of the top 64 teams in the country? Sure, but we all know that's not how tournaments get picked. You get conference champions. You have upset wins mm-hmm. that cause people to get bumped down. And I, I, I'm not Joe Lenardi of the NAIA, so I can't tell you who are the last four in, next four out, and all these other uh, things. But, Again, I'm just – and honestly, it stems from that softball team from last year for William Carey that didn't make the national tournament. I've been antsy ever since about at-large bids in any type of postseason play. As the years go on, does the Southern States Athletic Conference just continue to get stronger to the point where it's a top two or three, four league in the country, or is it already that? I think it depends on what sport you're talking about. I think as it relates to baseball, it's certainly uh, strong at the top. Uh, Softball is often strong at the top as well. You always have good teams sprinkled here or there, but you and I both covered soccer this past year. Women's soccer, there's a huge deficit after you scan through the top three, maybe even just top two. Sure, sure. There's a huge fall off after that. so I would not put the SSAC in contention for a top-tier basketball conference. Now, the old GCAC, absolutely. That was yeah. a very big basketball conference. Yeah. But Kerry left to go to the SSAC around 2010, and it was different. This conference has kind of had a revolving door. It has a bit of an identity, but it also doesn't at the same time. I think the conference may get two new teams next year. Stillman's out next year, and that's a good basketball school. Uh, so it's a wait and see. I don't have a lot of hope for the strength of basketball from a national power stage, but I think one of the most comparable conferences to the SSAC is the Sun Conference. That includes Ave Maria, uh, Southeastern, as it relates to some of your spring sports. And I think that's where Kerry's home kind of sits right now, in addition to soccer, is the spring sports of baseball, softball. And I think that is where the SSAC excels. Well, I, I, I'm looking forward to it. Um, one of the things you did not touch on at the beginning when you were running through all the success this weekend, uh, another neutral weekend for baseball, would you say? Winning the series but losing game three? It, 
and I will take that to the bank, honestly. I, I will take winning your first two and then the third one being kind of a, you know, maybe you get it, maybe you don't. Because if you're in a series where you've dominated the first two games, third game is the one where the opposing team has saved up their good pitching for a game in which they could possibly be competitive. Um, but that said, Point was undefeated going into that weekend, if I'm not mistaken, that or one loss. And so I, I'll i give Coach Knight and all of them a pat on the back, which, by the way, uh, shout out to John Snyder, uh, the Crusader closer that just eclipsed the career saves record at the university. Uh, and he's got a lot of season ahead of him, too. He's got six saves in seven appearances here in 2024. And if he keeps that up, man, this is going to be a hard record to break. So all that to say, I, I think baseball is starting to warm up as far as they're hitting. Some of the guys that had not had hits coming into this weekend series have finally gotten them. Braden Coffey's still hitting like a madman, which is impressive. He still hasn't really fallen off that wagon. Um RJ Stinson is RJ. You know, those are the things that you like. Uh, it's just going to be a matter of will the consistency come in the hitting order as the year keeps going on. That's uh, good to know. And, and I, I was really happy to see as well softball bounce yes. back and not just bounce back, but really score a lot of runs. Yeah. Offense was the question after the opening weekend. I'll get my first chance to see them in person this weekend. And that's exciting because the expectations are as equally high for softball as they are for baseball. Oh, yeah, they're playing like mad women out there. After getting snubbed from an at-large bid last year, it was a tight top third of the conference a year ago, and it was Middle Georgia and Mobile taking those top two seeds, and Kerry was left behind. After going into that final week being considered for a host spot, that's just how fickle – the softball landscape is at times, and especially in a tournament where you only have, I believe, 32 teams come in. So that is uh, what's in the back of their minds, and they're looking to improve this year, even without you know a top pitcher in Haley Nation's returning. You know, sometimes you lose players to graduation, but it's next girl up, and they're already shining so far through two weeks of softball. All right, so. We've talked a lot about some of the different athletics programs here. Still have to hit a little bit more on the men's and women's track and field teams and their success over the weekend getting the conference titles and in indoor. Uh, but next, we're going to talk standings in the basketball landscape. If you don't have your seatbelt on right now, even if you're in your living room listening to it on podcast, strap in. Whatever you do, hold on tight to it because this is going to be a wild ride. Stay with us as we continue with Crusader Talk next. tuned in to Crusader Talk on Super Talk Hattiesburg 97.3 and supertalkhattiesburg.com. We continue the basketball conversation here, even though we're in the middle of crossover season. Since basketball's starting to wind down towards the end of the regular season, we have to give it the credence it deserves. Can I say it? Sure. Can I say it? Sure. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to dive right between Leviticus and Deuteronomy. We're going to hit the numbers. <laughs> what a great, for a Baptist school, Yeah, what a great, great segue. Yeah. 
We're going to hit the numbers. <laughs> Speaking of numbers, before I jump into what I was originally going to do, I saw a picture over the weekend of Grace College in Indiana of their basketball arena. You want to talk about an NAIA program that's got it going on as far as fan experience in basketball? It is incredible. Josh, you're looking at this hey, picture I'm looking right at now. this. tremendous. Look at this, Will. Tremendous. That's incredible. That, Horseshoe, three-quarter wraparound of fans. Yeah. Packed to capacity. And their stream is fantastic, and, too. And They've got buy that? in there. Grace College. I believe it's Grace in Indiana. I could be wrong, but given Indiana's basketball, you know, heaven. Yeah. You know, I, I would think that's a safe bet that that's the school we're looking at. That there. would be such a fun place to watch. Oh a game. my goodness. That that tops some D one schools. Yeah. A lot of D one schools as a matter of fact. Yeah. They do have the uh, you know old gymatorium vibe though. They do have the stage at the other end. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that does give you some credence as a an NAIA school that you have that going on. But still, man, can you imagine if Clinton Jim ever looked like that as far as not just appearance of the arena, but also the pack stands. If there was space to do it, man, it, I'd it, be it, all for it. And it will again, and I think it will as soon as next year. It's just the way the schedule has fallen this year with Christmas, the trimester break, yeah. et cetera. I think you very well could have had that Thursday night. And, of course, the biggest game in years hit on trimester break. Of course it did. Of course it, it did. did. Hey, at least we had the pet band. Boy, they were fun and into the game. And they, they were like, the I could hear them. I could hear the cheers, them jeering uh-huh. UT Southern with the warm up the bus and all chants oh, yeah. and rattling the keys oh, and all great. in the oh, post game. Yeah. Oh, they were giving it to them. Oh, Coach yeah. and I gave them a lot of credit too. It helped the environment out. <laughs> uh, I just retweeted that, by the way. You can follow me at Caleb Hamill One on X if that's what they're deciding to go by now. Uh, if you want to see that picture, okay. Diving into the numbers. Men's basketball, this is the easy one we need to talk about. Uh, Carey is back a full game to Stillman, and that's who they face on Tuesday night. So with that said, if Carey wins out, beating Stillman on Tuesday and then Loyola on Saturday, they are the number two team in the conference. They're currently tied with Mobile at 13-5. and five. Even if Mobile wins out, Carey holds that tiebreaker because they have two wins over the Rams. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So at that point, you're definitely matched up on the other side of the bracket from UT Southern. And if it's you and the Firehawks in the finale, you've got the bid, mm-hmm. period. Yeah. You're playing with house money at that point in the conference championship game, and you can have a ball. They may beat you by 40 out of frustration of what happened at Clinton Gym just a, a couple weeks ago. Doesn't matter. You're in the Bring national it. tournament. All right. That's the easiest thing we'll talk about as far as standings tonight. <laughs> okay. Because we could go into the dive of you know what happens if you lose to Stillman and where you finish up. But all that said, this is where it gets interesting. So let's look now at what the women's basketball standings uh, show. And right now, Loyola's at the top with a 14 and two record, and Mobile is right behind them at 15 and three. For some reason, I, and I have not gotten an answer about this, and maybe I haven't asked the right person. They have two extra conference games compared to Loyola and William Carey. I think it has to do with them not playing Dalton State on the men's side, so there's an extra game that they can participate in Uh, because there are other schools also that have up to this point 18 conference games played that's neither here nor there yet Uh, the fact of the matter is if mobile wins out they're going to be the conference champions right if and that's because the next games on the schedule for mobile are loyola and stillman okay so in the standings loyola 14 and 2 mobile in second at 15 and 3 carry in third at 13 and 3 
And so what this means, y'all, is with Loyola and Mobile playing on Tuesday night, that's going to determine the final scenario of how anybody can take the number one seed overall. I th- regardless, it's not going to be decided until Saturday who's going to be crowned. Now, that said, there's one scenario in which Loyola beats Mobile. Excuse me, Mobile beats Loyola. Let me get that right. Uh, that would be Mobile has two wins over Loyola, and then if they lost to Stillman. So stay with me. Mobile beats Loyola, loses to Stillman. They would have a 16-4 and record, and if Kerry wins out, Kerry would be at 15-3, and a better percentage than Mobile. Kerry would be the conference champion. That's one scenario. But that would take Mobile losing to a Stillman College program that is currently 9-7 and in the SSAC. Not saying it's impossible, but I would say that's not quite as likely uh, to have them beat Loyola and then come back and lose to Stillman. So you're telling me there's a chance. So that's one chance. Okay. But this is the one that I think may be more likely of a, I'd call it a chalk scenario, of expected wins happen. So again, let's expect that Kerry beats Stillman on Tuesday night. Let's, you know, that they're trying to control their own destiny. They're just trying to win, baby, win. All right. My mind is going to be half on Kerry's game and half thinking about Loyola Mobile because if Loyola beats Mobile, all of a sudden they've split their regular season series with each other. Okay. That would make it Loyola up by one game on Kerry going into Saturday, which means if William Kerry beats Loyola, they have the same conference record. A tie for first place in the SSAC. Okay, well, let's dive into the policies of the SSAC and see what is the tiebreaker uh, at that point. Okay, obviously, head-to-head against each other. It's split at that point. Kerry lost by one at the end of December to Loyola, and assumedly on Saturday they beat Loyola, make them an even one-on-one against each other. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't do it. Next up, head-to-head against common opponents, uh, working from the top of the conference standings all the way to the bottom. They have the same losses. They each have a loss to Mobile, Faulkner, and each other. Those are the three losses these teams would have at the end of the year. So that doesn't break it either. Oh, my gosh. Now, now, let me introduce you to a man named Krauss. The modified Krauss system is the system in which you have points delivered to you for the games you play. It basically just weights your schedule to what a win means and what a loss to a really good team means. Uh, the basic formula is a win is three points, uh, a game on the road is one point, and a game against a winning team, a team with an above or 500 or above record at the end of the regular season in conference play is one more point. So you have a max of five points if you win against a winning team on the road. And at worst, you lose to a losing team at home and get nothing. So all that said... With the way the current conference standings are, if you tallied up all of those points, Loyola would have 64 and Kerry would have 62. But. (laughs) But. Bruton Parker, currently in the conference standings, has an 8-9 and record. They can still get to 10-9, can't they? If they have one game remaining. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> against Middle Georgia State, a team that is two places behind them in the conference standings at 4-12. and 12. 
They do have to play them on the road, and it is a rivalry game. Yeah, but if, mm. let's say, Loyola beats Mobile Tuesday night, and and keep in mind, Bruton Park and Middle Georgia State play an hour before us. They start their game an hour before us on Saturday at 11 a.m. So you'll know. So you'll know by the third quarter of our game. That would mean if Bruton Parker gets the win, Kerry would get a boost of two points in their Kraus thing and move up from 62 to 64. And tie them. And it is still tied after three rounds of tiebreaker. And do you know what the fourth part of the tiebreaker is? Points. No? The commissioner flipping a coin. Oh. You're joking. Brutal. The commissioner flips a coin to determine who wins the conference and gets the automatic bid and the one seat. This goes in the closet with the lights off or before a crowd of how many witnesses? Exactly. This is where I'm vying for – one – I love this scenario. I know it's not the outright like if Mobile were to win and then lose to Stillman. That's that's one thing. That's great. You know, whatever. But if we got to this scenario, y'all, I, I've put in my emails. I've reached out to you want both this Commissioner live stream, Hall. Don't you? Yes, you want it live stream. I want him in the building after the final horn sounds to be out at midcourt. Coach Tracy English on one side uh, and the Loyola coach on the other, looking down. And looking up as that coin flips in the air and lands on Steve Knight Court to determine who is the Ooh, number one seed. I like it. I'm I'm having flashbacks to the movie Friday Night Lights where they determine who goes to the state championship. You remember that scene where they flip a coin in a diner somewhere in the middle of Texas? I'm I'm <laughs> yeah. having flashbacks to that. But how crazy? Not I mean. That's actually in the book. Yes. That, no. I I can turn but, it around but, and but show it's you right better. Here. The scenario that Caleb laid out, flipping a coin with both coaches leaning over to look down as it lands on Steve Knight Court and bounces on Steve Knight Court. Right on top of that Crusader emblem. Yeah, the big WCU uh, Crusader. There's no way whatever our symbol is doesn't land face up. It's just so crazy. Even this convoluted point system did not break this tie. Assuming, you know, those things happen. Again, a lot has to nuts. happen. All other why things point towards not, Loyola why or Why would Mobile. you not just go to points? Loyola beat us by one point. All we'd have to do is win by two. Oh, yeah, that would make total sense that if that all falls to pieces, you could go back through and do a points for head against head in the head-to-head. Be and then too much like right. Go further down. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, somebody asked me, oh, why don't they go to overall? I said, because that is so sporadic. You know, you could have D one if they put our Southern Miss game up against Loyola in their schedule, like, it's over. So what would be what would be better? Let, let's just brainstorm this. What would be better than a coin flip? What would be the feat of strength between Tracy English Oklahoma drill? <laughs> Loudest crowd in home stadium. We'd win. We'd win. I don't know, man. Loyola can get rowdy. That's, I don't know. I'm New thinking, Orleans. I don't know. I'm thinking of some sort of a joust or, like you said, feat of strength. What would it be other than a coin flip? Bible drill. Well, we would win that as well. <laughs> Quite possible. <laughs> but, boy, I, I, I'm so looking forward to the Tuesday results. I'm hoping, one, for a Crusader win. It's all null and void if no, Kerry loses to out. Stillman. <laughs> and this Enjoy scenario it. is null and void if flip? Mobile wins. But... It could happen, y'all. 
it's shaping up to be a wild end to the regular season. If this comes down to or coin flip. If this comes down to the coin flip, we need somebody live streaming it. Oh man! It, if again, if this is just an email saying I flipped a coin and this is who's the number one seed, everyone in the country will be dissatisfied, and it should end up on ESPN front page. Absolutely. This this thing could blow up huge. And I'm not just talking about at William Carey. Talking everything William Carey University athletics. This is Crusader Talk on Super Talk Hattiesburg 97.3 and supertalkhattiesburg.com. All right, I've taken a deep breath. I figured a sip of water, and I'm off my uh, I'm off my numbers high. Yeah, let, let, let's talk about the the secret text Oso line. Yep, yep. The yeah. the Crusader Talk secret text line. Ben Milam has the number to the I guess the bat phone or the Crusader phone. Yeah. Lower the goal to seven feet and a dunk contest to decide it. Oh, I love it. Works for me. Well, here, here's the thing. At seven feet, Tracy doesn't have to jump, jump very high. Oh, oh, and listen to the judges. Eric Burt, Barry Farrell, Miss Shirley, and Mike Hall as the judges. <laughs> I don't think we have anything tipped in our favor in that one, do we? <laughs> I think we're. I think we're, I, I think we're winning the now, conference. Now, see, if Shirley wasn't a judge, though, I would put her on a headset for it. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll say this: I want Petey competing in the dunk contest. A Petey, Petey can ball. Yeah, I want Petey in the in the contest. I'm, we I'm we all, may have just created a whole separate I'm event. All for it. I'm all for it. <laughs> Maybe after the conclusion of the guys' game, because it's it'll be the last season or last game at Clinton Gym all year. Yeah, may as well go out with a bang and talk about an NIL fundraiser. If not, right? Hey, hey! If you're a sponsor out there and you're looking for ways to promote your brand, contact us today. No, uh, but for real, you could. Anyway, ah, William Carey University does not condone gambling, so we are not we are not partnering with uh, FanDuel. So, <laughs> DraftKings, FanDuel, right? Any of those, but no, no association there. Anyway, we have uh, so we've. Gobbled up the conversation uh, regarding standings. We, uh, we've gobbled up all the time talking about those standings. Uh, man, what a, a great showing from the track and field teams this week. And I don't have a yes. lot of you know, stats pulled up about it, but uh, you knew going in just at how highly touted, especially the women's team, has been going into this indoor championship. They're, they're a national power, you know, single-digit you know, top ten team. Uh from the national perspective and then the guys are also right up there in the top 25 of the rankings that you can find for those things there's not an official naia one uh that gets put out there but they uh even though the guys weren't the leaders into the clubhouse going into that conference championship they shine and coach mckenzie had all the faith in the world you could tell that from his interview last week that though it was going to be tough his guys and girls were prepared for it and boy did they ever do it Oh, they certainly did, and I, I just I'm impressed across the board with the just the mindset of the programs here at Cary. They just continue to go out and perform and, and show off. And you know, with with the teams that are doing what they're supposed to do, mm-hmm. and then with women's basketball and now what men's basketball is back to doing what they've done for mm-hmm. decades. Yeah. The, the question I had, I don't want to get out without this. Um, and that is the question of, you know, I think Kerry Athletics is at an all-time high. But is Kerry basketball on the men's side back? 
regardless of what happens moving forward, um, is it all Lanyap at this point from a fan's perspective? Do we have to enjoy whatever happens from this point going forward? The guy's mindset is championships, national tournament, all those things. But I'm talking about as a fan, it, there's no way we can be disappointed in this team moving forward, is there? They have they've already accomplished too much, and especially when you compare it to last year. I mean, last year had yeah, yeah such a tough group of people. They they were gritty. Don't get me wrong, but they were just in some tight ball games. They could never get over the hump. They really struggled last year, and with the transfer portal and the advent of that, it gives you the opportunity to all of a sudden bring in some new guys or bring up some. You know, Juco players, that's always been the case you know, for William Carey over the years. And boy, do they ever find the right talent and the right combination of some returning talent, but also veterans in their Juco rights and put together a winning combination uh, this season. It, it, I, I think it is a, a foregone conclusion at this point that Carey basketball is back as far as it is entertaining. It is a great spectacle to come enjoy at Clinton Gymnasium. They're a team worth following even when they're not here in Hattiesburg. Um, and when you pair that with the success that the women's program has, it makes it worth your dollar to get a doubleheader of basketball anytime you walk into Clinton Gym. Oh, totally agree. I mean, this women's team, yeah, 13 out of 14, 12 in a row. Yeah. So it and, – and the expectations were that the ladies were going to do exactly what they've been doing. And I think the loss is early – which a lot of that you could say is not their fault. Uh, you had um, the injury uh, to the point guard, mm-hmm. and uh, you also had um, the injury at the post. Mm-hmm. And so those two injuries cost you a couple of losses, but it's kept the bullseye off their back. And so the league has not been looking at Kerry. Kerry's not had the bullseye. They've been looking up and chasing all year, and that's why they're going to be hot and playing well and I think they just might scale the mountain on Saturday when it all matters and get this thing done. I, I, there, there's no way around this. The track is nothing new. They've been doing that for years. There's a reason Steve Knight is a Hall of Famer. It's because Kerry at one time was on top. Having him as your coach gives you a great chance. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think Kerry basketball is back, especially compared to the last several years. By the way, I haven't given out the Crusader of the Week award. Honestly, Do it. it goes to the entire men's basketball team for that big win over the number seven team in the country over UT Southern. Absolutely. I, I can't single out one single guy. I might could say Earl Smith for what he was able to do through two games this week, uh, especially after he got a little hurt in the Blue Mountain game. But hats off to that entire group of men. Got baseball coming up for you in the midweek. Mississippi College tomorrow and then uh, another game on Wednesday at Milton Wheeler Field. Whole lot else. Look for it on GoWCUCrusaders.com. Until next time, for Josh West and Will Tony, I'm Caleb Hamill. Good night, God bless, and go Satyrs. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.